0: Let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos More chaos More chaos That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net Unbelievable game, the two great teams going at it Compared to the other series item, he just looks like the new Cafu or something We are making a documentary about how <laughs> shit our club is <laughs> <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? I can't, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. <laughs> Hello and good evening. Just me and me on tonight. Just people flying, uh, doing a bit of a hand solo. Um, so recording this. It's about quarter nine now, Monday night. Um, the lads pardon me, were, well, the three of them are on, Brent and Steg, obviously Brent and Johnny and Paddy, uh, Steve's getting a tattoo and I think he might have had his arm removed, hence why he's not able to come on tonight and then yeah, I just decided I'll do one, I'll throw it out there, Steve's looking after the blog this week, I can throw this out, be as bold and abusive as I want towards the rest of the lads, none of them are here to challenge me so yeah we'll see how it goes, it'll probably be quite a short pod tonight as well. Uh, probably only about 25-30 th- uh, minutes. I just wanted to keep something going because I know it's important when you're doing podcasts or you're doing your own thing that you can't constantly keep I hate to use this word, content coming because then your listenership or your readership will know that there's something coming out every week and they get used to it and second nature, blah, 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 blah. So we'll keep it going and see how it goes. Quite quite a decent week, weekend of goals in the Premier League. Um, Obviously Liverpool hit Bournemouth for nine, Man City scored four, um, and there six goals in that game obviously as well, then there was um, goals, and I think every, there's no games finished scoreless, there was another big win for Arsenal actually too, sorry, two, two on the one at uh, at home against Fulham, but it's four out of four now, it puts them top of the league, which is just, uh, it's a bit mad really isn't it, like, um, then there was a couple of one nils, one all's obviously Brentford and Everton. Um, and then on Sunday we saw, well, West Ham managed to get that win against Aston Villa, which is massive. Like I said, at the last first three weeks of the Heroes and Zeros blog, Gerard in the Zeros column, the first three weeks because Aston Villa just aren't motoring. And <sighs> uh, again, Stevie, like that doesn't look good. Um, I don't even I don't bet, so I don't know what the odds are. But I'd say he's very close to getting the boot, uh, especially this week. Depending on who they, they play against. And, I mean, you can't see them winning a match anytime soon. I know they beat um Everton. A really, really poor Everton. But that's just not going to cut it. And Wednesday night at half seven, they're away to Arsenal. who <laughs> won their first four and are sitting top of the league. It doesn't get much easier for, for Ville either. Because then they play City on Saturday. Then they've Leicester away. And then they've Southampton. Then they've Leeds. <sighs> I mean... I don't know. I'd be very surprised if Gerard makes it past the um, the first international break. It just hasn't worked for him. It, it seems to be since Michael Beale's left that, you know, I don't know, Villa just don't look like they're being coached. And look, anyone that knows me, Stephen Gerrard was a boyhood hero. Um, obviously being a Liverpool fan, what he did—the amount, the amount of performances—he carried the club at the time on their on, on his back. Um, we just didn't have enough good players around him. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, but I've never liked the idea, and I've said this before on on a few podcasts. I've never liked the idea of Gerard being Liverpool manager, and. It's not that I never that it was I, I, I doubted his um managerial abilities when I got there. I just have the the, the sheer fear. I'll call it. I was at uni, and uh, when Alan Shearer was Newcastle manager, and obviously he is he's a god on townside. Like he, he's Alan Shearer. Like he's he's an absolute god up there. He he can do whatever, and he took over, and then they got relegated underneath his. Uh, leadership and it just was like nah that just did. I had a friend who's a diehard Newcastle fan, and no, that just did not feel good at all. It was horrible, and I just don't. Not that I don't think Liverpool can really get relegated under Jared, but I just think I I do not. I don't think he's good enough. I've seen enough now. At, sort out of Villa. What's going on? And I also think like losing under Jared. You imagine being a Liverpool fan if you went to Old Trafford or Goodison and lost. Feel like that would annoy you more and I just can't be bothered with that. I get annoyed enough when they lose, so I can't be bothered with that shade. But yeah, I think um I think he's in big trouble. I think an excellent manager as well, Bretton Rogers possibly in a bit of bother. Um I think he's been unlucky, to be honest, uh that he can't really seem to be signing anyone and he's losing his best centre half to Chelsea. That looks like it's gonna be done this week. Chelsea window closes obviously on Thursday. But and I, I don't pay enough attention to Leicester, obviously I'll watch him and bits and games and different things but i wouldn't cover or try and keep up to date with everything that's going on but today when i was doing a bit uh oh because i was the offer bank holiday and i was messing about doing a bit of reading up doesn't seem to think it doesn't seem to feel like he's um he's flavor of the month anyway or he's a bit of a fan favorite at the minute it seems to be that they're sort of sick and tired of these sort of performances not winning games um maybe getting draws when should be getting wins and it just doesn't seem like it seems like it's come come to the end really it sort of feels like minus the six one drop by Stoke feels like the end was ten year at Liverpool where he obviously got in the next season, but then things just didn't feel right got to the Everton game drew one all and by... it was about tea time that Sunday after drawing the earlier game against Everton uh he was gone, and it sort of feels like that's about to happen again. Maybe, I don't know. I still think Rodgers is a really good good football coach. Like what he did with Celtic, like uh, three in a row and different things. And and they were playing unreal football at times. Um, He played great football at Liverpool at times as well, especially when he had Suarez. And the year they they almost won the league, that was just an unbelievable year. I think a lot of Liverpool fans still look back on that year, apart from how it hinted fondly on it, because some of the performances, some of the results were just outrageous, so I think there still is a good coach in there, I still think there's enough credit in the bank, like he won the FA Cup with with Leicester, he won the Community Shield, beating Man City with Leicester but he hasn't obviously had the chance to buy or bring anyone in this year because of the way things are going, not financially it seems, but it seems to be because of they just have too many senior players registered, so they have to try and move them on, as, um, I sort of highlighted that in the blog last week So I wouldn't be shocked if Rogers was to go first, Jared was to go second, and Rogers was to then become Aston Villa manager down the line. Seems to be a few Villa fans that I would know or follow or would know from university. It would be Graeme Potter they all want, which is totally understandable. I mean, the job he's doing at Brighton is, is outrageous, but I don't want him to leave Brighton until the summer. I'd like to see how he, what he can do with Brighton. Can you imagine if he got Brighton into, the, into Europe? I think it would be an unreal story. I'm mean, sort if possible that he can, because the Europa Conference League is there now, and... People might laugh and joke at it because it's obviously it's not the, definitely not the Champions League and it's not the Europa League but it's another European trophy, it's another European trip, another European away day for fans that maybe n- have never seen their team play in Europe and now they're getting the chance to go to these uh, all countries all over the world, all over Europe sorry and different things that we all saw here uh, in Northern Ireland and we we're going to see Janet Rovers playing it, we almost saw Linfield go into it, they were just they were minutes away from going through, and they ended up in penalties, and they lost. But which would have been an unreal story. So the Europa League or the Europa Conference League, sorry, can be a brilliant stepping stone, especially for clubs like Brighton. If that's where they end up, I personally think it could be Europa League. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, what else happened? Oh, I Liverpool slapped Bournemouth nine nil. Now that's been coming. Not not nine nil, but Liverpool were going to thump someone soon, preferably. If it had have been Monday night at Old Trafford, that would have been nicer, but it was always gonna happen. But they just I think as Klopp said, Bournemouth just arrived at Anfield sort of at the wrong time. And it wouldn't have really mattered who was out there. Liverpool were gonna they just they looked really angry. They looked I don't know what he said during the week in training, he obviously said something, but they looked really aggressive, um, really up for it, constantly on the move. The front three I know Salah didn't score, but they never give Bournemouth a chance. Trent came into midfield. I think he had something like hundred and twenty seven some daft of the ball. It was ridiculous. And you can see now as well a lot of tactics where he does come into midfield. In a game like that there, where space is gonna open up for him a little bit, um, with we'll respect for Bournemouth, maybe the midfield opposition that they're up against isn't as strong as other teams, he's gonna get a chance to be very dangerous. He still do it in the big games too because he's a brilliant football player but it's interesting that now you see more of it like even at Old Trafford last Monday night he was drifting into centre forward at times. Same against Crystal Palace. He was almost playing as a nine for the last 10 minutes. Um. So yeah, really interesting what Liverpool keep doing with that. Just avoiding or abandoning, sorry, the right back space and leaving Joe Gomez to cover whatever comes behind but I personally I I needed I just needed a win. Uh, just needed Liverpool to win enough nonsense going on not nonsense it's not really nonsense both your parents are sick but um, enough stuff going on away from football away from current about football that I just needed something within football if that, that makes no sense just to give me uh, something for 90 minutes to cheer about Liverpool had the community shield which was great Um but then the first, obviously, three league games, well-documented, two draws. And that defeat Old Trafford. We're just a steaming pile of shite. Uh, and we really needed that. I really needed it. And just, I could have took a 1-0 win. I'd have been happy enough to come off like Louis Diaz's arse. Turns out he's unreal in the air. Who knew? Um, two headers. Two great headers as well. Uh, and he's up to his top goals going league now. Three goals. But yeah, can't like brilliant performance to, to beat. To win 9-0 is mad, really, isn't it? You don't, you do see it we have seen it quite a bit now in the Farmers Premier League but um, it still is daft to look at you just think like what happened here like what's going on there if you you paid no attention to football but you saw that scoreline you'd be like I'm sorry Um, yeah hopefully this is Liverpool kickstarted their season now they play Saudi Arabia on Wednesday night at Anfield so hopefully they can get another win um, and keep going because the Arsenal are running away with the league ladies and gentlemen and uh, we need to pull them back but I was really impressed again uh, with the Liverpool match with Fabio Carvalho. And it, and it, you can see it, like it has been picked up by, by everyone else, basically. Just how good he, he has been since he's come on. He, he, at Old Trafford, he was the bright spark, really, himself and Harvey Elliott. Um, that Liverpool, that only Liverpool had during that match. And then when he came on at half-time for Harvey Elliott on Saturday, I thought he was excellent. He really does look comfortable in the Premier League you sort of wondered because he was <clears throat> so young because he he'd only played a handful of times I think in the Premier League under Fulham but he'd played most of his time obviously in the Championship with him last year and you wondered just how well he may be fit is he a bit too late what's going to happen here and, and he doesn't seem to be like he, and he, he got booted all over the place the last 10 minutes <laughs> against Bournemouth and he was fighting back proper wee man syndrome which I obviously respect Um, but he just looks really comfortable I there is the worry that there isn't enough midfield but There is enough midfield bodies, but there's not enough midfield bodies to stay fit. You have nine midfielders, but I think all of them get injured. Bar Milner. Um, oh, well, Harvey Elliott like got injured because somebody accidentally broke his leg. But it's, it is still a worry. And it's Monday night now. It looks like things aren't maybe going to happen there was a lot of talk a lot of chatter on social media a lot of stuff came out on friday night that uh klopp's ready now he sort of said in his press conference on friday yes uh, uh, you, i was wrong you were all right we need to sign someone else and sort of i think everybody in liberal fan base thought oh well that's it now we're, we're going to be bringing in someone in there was names being banded about Casado from brighton limer from leipzig uh, ruben neves from Wolves, the I said Neves there, doing with Jolingo. Um, who I personally that would be my choice, Frankie De Jong. I mean, that's never gonna happen. Uh, it's it was fun to be linked with him. It would be pretty cool to get him in. Uh, he's not absolutely outstanding midfielder, but that's that's not gonna happen. Um, Kone from I think it's, it's a Gladbach. I maybe I got that wrong. Someone else can point it out to me if I'm wrong here when they listen to this. But enough names banded about anyway. Sanderberg from Sheffield United. I know Liverpool were linked with him before. He played against us in Champions League and Klopp noticed him and picked him out, which is usually a sign of Klopp's about to sign him. But yeah, a lot of things going by, but it sort of feels like tonight tonight that maybe they mightn't get anything done, which, look, it's hard to be critical. If you've any common sense, you won't be critical. You won't be too critical Sorry, of Liverpool's transfer business. You can obviously be a wee bit annoying. I'm not telling him with that, but to start throwing your head up and completely, sorry, losing your head with Liverpool's transfer business just because they haven't signed a midfielder now, I think, um, just a bit stupid. Really, I think it's a bit childish because of how well they've done in the transfer market since Klopp's come in. Like we've we've been unreal, and and if we do go into it now without signing a midfielder. We are relying on lads staying fit, especially with two games in a week. pop possibly three games in a week, coming up right up until the World Cup. And you don't know who's gonna to go to the World Cup, who's gonna stay fit after that. So it does look a bit um of a tiny gamble, I'd say. But they obviously think they're obviously waiting on the right player, which is fair. They don't want to overspend on someone that don't think is going to be make a huge difference which again is fair i just my worry would be not my my questions would be if i was in a room with the hierarchy you went for too many and that was well documented and came quite close getting too many and then real madrid uh us just like they did in the champions league finally made the bastards and they got him in, and I look at him; he looks absolutely outrageous. If you get a chance to watch him doing, he's playing, please do. And then they just stopped, so they just decided, right? Well, we can't get him, so we'll just wait. And I, I think that is, that is a, a risk, and I think it's also a mistake. I, I do think they should get a midfielder in, in. I think Jude Bellingham's obviously the one everybody wants. Dortmund are gonna want extortionate money for them and if you're pre- prepared to wait until next year and get into a bidding war with Real Madrid then so be it you better be confident you get it because it's someone that you're going to need the midfield does need upgraded I'm not going to lose my head and start criticising them going mad if they don't send anyone but I do think it it's a bit of a mistake if they don't what I would like Liverpool to do is get one in now I know we're only what three days away from the transfer window going so it's a bit late one in January and then get your your key one, the one you wanted, your main target in the summer. And that's three have come in because Henderson's touching on t- thirty two, coming thirty three. James Milner's touching on nine hundred and two. Still loving the bits. Um there's players are moving on. The midfield needs uh reshaped. It needs fresher legs in and there's a great chance to do it. And I think I'd be uh economical way of doing it. You'd think that's what Liverpool would be at, but we'll see what's gonna happen. Look we we could win our next six games, but because we haven't signed a midfielder, some of the fan base will absolutely explode and throw their heads up because it is an absolute mental fan base. I won't be doing that. I will be a bit worried if we don't, but if we don't we don't. Um Tiago come back, be fit for a while, I'll get to watch him and I'll forget all about it for about ten week ten games, sorry, and then it'll blow up again and then I'll be annoyed again. But sure, it is what it is, isn't it? That's what being a football fan's all about ups and downs, being, being um, on cloud nine for 90 minutes and then for the rest of the week wanting to kill your mate, that's, well, that's what it's all about isn't it, now I mentioned the Arsenal at the top of the pod and I suppose Cousin Mudd uh, will be annoyed if it didn't mention them, they're top of the league, 4 wins from 4, he thinks they're champions elect um, but he's mad, I think it's a good start by Arsenal, it's a great start sorry, by Arsenal, the Great, also, sign that they came back, they came from behind to beat Fulham on Saturday because you still would question how much fight they have in them and, and if they're re- how much resilience they have in them. What I will say is it'll be interesting to see what happens um when they lose a game and how they bounce back because that's sort of been a running theme with Arsenal. Uh, in the last couple of years and certainly under Arteta they've lost they've, they've had really good spells and they've looked like a team that's going to challenge top 4 and have looked like they're going places and then they've been they've lost like a silly game and the next thing it's spiraled out of control 3-4 defeats or draw or whatever and they've, they've fallen back out of it out of contention for top 4 and drifted off into the Europa League again so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there whether it happens soon i don't think it's going to happen uh on choosing uh, night, Wednesday night sorry against Aston Villa but you never know what I do think is they play Man United away on Sunday at half four and they haven't played Arsenal anyone sort of that you would say is in the top four top six so that's coming up and it's away at Old Trafford a ground they haven't really won at recently and they've had a couple of different in different results that's going to be a marker for them because United have two wins from two now. They looked a lot better at times against Liverpool. They weren't the finished article by no means. They didn't look amazing against Southampton um, at the weekend, but they still got the win. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because that's going to be a game where Casemiro, you'd imagine, will have another game on his belt. Anthony has just come in. Um, He won't be starting, but he'll be in the bench. he have more added in. You'd imagine that's going to be a game, going to be unreal atmosphere at Old Trafford, going to be a game full of pressure, full of tension. Can this young Arsenal side come away? Because if, if they can go away to Old Trafford and win, I think that would be a huge step for them. And I still don't think they'll win the league. I, I don't think they'll finish top two, but it'll be a massive marker for them to put down for this Arsenal side. To go away there this season, continue this great run of form, win at Old Trafford, even better if they win well but just the win at old trafford and um see how things go from there i think they're a really good side to watch which is nice uh, especially for cousin mud they're really good really good in the eye at times now not so much on saturday things are a bit ropey but with Odegaard, guard when he was given the captain's armband i think there's a lot of not criticism people just like what's going on here because he doesn't strike it as what people maybe classify as a normal captain you look at Jordan Henderson as a captain and he shouts and he roars and he pulls people in places and he points and he blah 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 and he's brilliant at that and you can tell he's a leader you can just tell Jordan Henderson is when he's on the pitch whereas Odegaard you sort of think maybe he's not because he's maybe too timid but he was excellent in in pulling Arsenal back into the game on oh, Saturday. he's the best player on the pitch by a mile I actually thought and I think this armband balance maybe given him a bit more and we're sort of seeing now the Martin Odegaard that when he was burst on a scene when he was 16 and all the top clubs and were we linked with him and rimbred got him that people thought we were going to see and um, and for cousin mud and obviously all the arsenal fans long may that continue but again i wouldn't i would no i'm not gonna say nothing celebrate obviously whoever said you not whoever told you not to celebrate a goal beating fulham on um on saturday is a complete tube Look, it's Terry Hans, Richard Keyes. So you, you know what I mean. I don't need to go into it anymore. Celebrate all your wins. I'm going to celebrate everything. If Liverpool beat Swindon Town or something in the FA Cup, 1-0 last minute, I'm going to celebrate it. You have to celebrate your team's winning. And I'm not telling Arsenal fans to calm down, but for the rest of us, I think we aren't expecting Arsenal to win the league. However, if they do, fair fucks them. I'd rather they won at the Man City. not going to lie. Um, where else will I go on my... Half an hour rant on my own. This is weird. Usually, have some of the lads here, I can uh, make fun of them. Ah, Brenton was on a stag on Saturday and he was at Stamford Bridge. Now, as Brenton's big brother in law, naturally I want the Chelsea chint. And when they were uh, missed the penalty, I cheered. Brenton can't get me, he's not here. I can t- say this all I want. So I was delighted. But they came back into it. And they won the game 2-1. Conor Gallagher sent off for one of the stupidest yellow cards you'll ever see. He's already on yellow. It's still the first half. There's no need to pull Harvey Barnes down. But he does it anyway. And down he goes. Um, Chelsea managed to bounce back into it. Bit of a ropey patch. but Sterling scored. His first one was deflect. the second one's was a great finish. Great work. And um, then Harvey Barnes gets the, ball, the goal for Leicester. Wasn't the greatest game you'll ever see. But... Again, Chelsea just need to get wins under their belt until they can sort of gather themselves because they were in danger there the way things were going, especially after the lead result, that one or two more defeats and things sort of spiral. You don't want, nobody wants Man City, um, I know Arsenal top of the league, nobody wants Man City to get away with, nobody wants Man City to get 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 points away from the rest uh, because although Liverpool pulled them back last year, Liverpool did have two games in hand, although Liverpool trailed them back last year, we're not going to do it every year Nobody's going to be able to do it every year, and especially not now when have that brute, Erling Brute-Halland up front who can't stop scoring. Imagine being on a podcast and saying Erling Haaland's not going to score more than 10 goals this year. What a tube. Brenton was very, very impressed with one Chelsea player in particular, and that was Thiago Silva. Said he was like a, a god patrolling the preach night. And Thiago Silva's age, being 67, still playing for Chelsea, Some going, and play, playing centre-half, two in the Premier League, and being able to... Uh, control, marshal, and manhandle other attackers is just. He always had that in him, though Tago Silva. I never like he never got mentioned, which is weird, for like the best center half in the world. Especially when he was at PSG, he was never sort of it was always would have been Ramos, uh, for a while. PK would have been mentioned in the same Ramos and PK, and obviously Virgin Van Dijk came on the scene towards late of later on in Tego Silva's, uh, career at sorry PSG. Marquinhos is always mentioned when he was there as well and you never nobody. it sort of fell off that he was actually such an out and out unbelievable centre half like he, if you think about it he's he's one of the best in the last 10 years easily easily one of the best centre halves in the world in the last 10 years he's been absolutely immense and it's weird that he left AC Plan when he did and he went to PSG obviously he went there because of the project but and the moolah but you wonder too how much more respect and how much more of a stature he would have been given if he had have stayed at AC Milan or stayed in Italy or went to someone like um, someone like Chelsea earlier or or Arsenal or Man United or Liverpool or someone like that, you know, instead of going to PSG. Like Bernardo Silva mentions this and it was picked up in the Ken Early's Times piece today. He talks about um how he doesn't feel like city get the gratitude or the the respect that other teams do and he's talking about team of the year and, and how like liverpool had more players i think it was maybe last year's team of the year than the man City did and and different things and he talks about like when i was at benfica one of the biggest club in portugal if you did something everybody told you how great you were whereas he doesn't get that when he's at man city which is part of the people thinking the reason why he's maybe looking to move on move on to someone like Barcelona where he knows if he does something great obviously it'll be so highlighted and you wonder too was that the effect for players like Thiago Silva like how good a centre half he was and the fact that he he was never you never really had him mentioned in in like up beside the when people were mentioning the best centre half in the world they were always talking about Alexi Ramos and um, obviously talking about who else thinking of, uh sorry Pique had said beforehand um players like that there and, and they never really got into it about Silva and I wonder was it was it that was it part of the PSG effect that really it's the same thing as the Man City thing. You can win all the trophies uh in the world and, and they probably will and really and truly nobody cares and, and Newcastle are about to feel this. You know if Newcastle win the FA Cup this year nobody'll care. And and Newcastle fans will let on that doesn't annoy them. But just as we see with a lot of Man City fans and PSG fans it does um, because you re- you want the recognition you want people to say that it's one of the greatest teams we've ever seen one of the greatest players we've ever seen but if they're playing at clubs owned by states none of us really care and we're right to not care but that's a debate for a different day and I'll need some of the boys on for that Um, what'll I finish up on this has been weird Um, oh had a school friend messaged me tweet me today, uh, wanting to hear my opinion on Anthony signing. Because Manchester United have spent and it will go to almost one hundred million euros on Anthony from Ajax, which is eye watering. Uh but also we're kinda getting used to these size of deals now, aren't we really? Which we really shouldn't be at football sick. Yeah, they've signed Anthony. It's not my money, it's not my football club, so it doesn't really bother me. But an opinion on it, I think it is Um, it's wild, let's be honest. He didn't exactly turn the Eredivisie a new one last year. This isn't someone that scored 40 goals and 30 assists in Holland. He scored, I think, was it? I make, I make it this wrong, should I should have had this on before I started the podcast. Did he do, did he score... 11 goals and 8 assists maybe in Holland last year. I mean, it's not something you would uh, bank the house on, which they have done. (sighs) I don't know. I'm not... He's he's so... He looks really, really skillful. He's obviously a talented player. Who knows? He he, he might hit the ground running at United. He's under 10-hag again. Who knows him very well? I think regardless of the fee United obviously have that money to spend it's obviously quite easy for them to go and spend 95 million but it's midfield where they need sorted first yes they beat Liverpool the other night which is a great result for them but I mean a Liverpool and this isn't me just with my reds hat on a Liverpool with the, a bit more balls uh, and didn't look a wee bit frozen that sort of play with a bit more freedom than, than they did on Saturday I think they will really hurt United on Monday night I do, I do and I think if that team turns up at Anfield in the new year I think Liverpool will really hurt Man United still if they don't I know they've added Casemiro and he's going to be brilliant at certain things for them but they need someone else in there it's so evident that they need someone else in there and, and, and as much as you can have Christian Eriksen which is he's another wonderful player. And, Bruno Fernandes. They needed someone like Frankie De Jong, someone that's going to be able to take the ball, <laughs> distribute possession, maybe start plays quickly, and they've shown that they can go spend the money, but they went spend it on a wide attacker when maybe didn't necessarily need that. But look, time will tell. He, he could make me look like a fool. He could score 30 goals this year, lead them to so much glory, come turn up an Anfield, score a hat-trick, um, and whatever. But I I think it is wild. I don't think it's the worst. I think some people have maybe rightly, or wrongly, sorry, uh, blown it out of proportion. I don't think it's the stupidest deal I've ever seen. Um, and trust me, I've seen some stupid days. Andy Carroll, um, for one. But, like... I don't know. We we will see. Uh, uh, there hasn't been as much of an excitement by the United fan majors. usually Usually, indication if a fan base is going absolutely wild and and I can't wait to see him. It's at least a positive start. There hasn't really been that yet, so we'll see how he gets on. I think he's going to probably. It said earlier on uh, the Athletic report that he's probably going to be in the squad on Thursday night for the Leicester game, which is going to be interesting. So. Look, he could come in like Suarez did for Liverpool when they bought him from Ajax and score in his debut. And then it'll all start from there. But we'll see. The jury is well and truly out. Anything else notable? Yes. Saudi Arabia drew with Wolves. Unreal goal from St. Maximum. I was actually listening to this on Off The Ball. And Kenny Cunningham spent about 20 minutes. Yeah. Nah, he spent more than actually. Just criticised Anson Say He actually said at one point... To Dave McIntyre, the commentator. If I was Newcastle, I'd be looking at options for getting him sold and getting him sold quickly because he's not the he's not the solution. He's not going to score your goals. He keeps shooting from all angles. He's never going to score your goals. Um and he was really annoying Kenny <laughs> him, And then of course later on in the game it's Alison like Maxman that pops up with a twenty yard screamer and buys him in the bottom corner. Brighton went top of the league for a while and their their fans are singing weird top of the league, which is nice. Uh, I think Brighton I think everyone's enjoying Brighton at the minute, and that could be the story of the season if they keep this up, which would be nice. And Everton failed to get another win. As already mentioned, Aston Villa, Bournemouth chinned. Yeah. Nice little exciting weekend of the Premier League. And now we have, was it, 11, well, all 10 games coming, uh, starting from tomorrow night, all covered in BT Sport as well, which is interesting. Um, Yeah, enjoy it. We're going to try and have, I think Steve's going to try and have a blog out either tonight or tomorrow so it's monday night possibly tomorrow i don't know if we'll get this up or not i'll have a look at it and see what the crack is but if not it'll be out in free on tuesday morning and then hopefully we'll have a full set of lads all back at the weekend we might even have a bonus pod come out this week because there's so many games on i have to talk to lads because they're all in london i didn't get back last late to last night so i wasn't gonna have any of them on this evening because they haven't seen their family and different things so wasn't but. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for always tuning in and checking out the podcast. Any questions you have or anything, get in touch in the Football Battle Pod. You'll see us on Twitter and Instagram. Probably best to get us on Twitter um, and we'll always try and come back with something for you. And um, yeah, get us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Football Battle Pod. As I said, anyone that's joined up for it and keeps. Uh, donating towards it we really appreciate it and enjoy the football this week I'll see you again next week good luck that electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net unbelievable game the two great teams going at it compared to the other him, he just looks like the new cafe or something we are making a documentary about how <laughs> shit our club <glove> is <laughs> <laughs> PR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? I can Without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt.